Hello again, everybody. Thank you for joining us once again. We're grateful for you coming and being a faithful listener here to Backwoods Theology, and we're grateful for another opportunity to be able to come to you. And we're still in this list of questions uh, that we are uh, attempting to get through what we can, and it spurs a lot of great debate, and today is no exception. Um, we are have been asked by a listener, what are some good Bible tips to study the Word of God? Um, what are some suggestions or different things that you can give to help it make it a little bit easier? And so uh, I, I will start it. My first tip is listen to Backwards Theology. Mm. And, <laughs> and again, not backwards theology, but backwards theology. Backwards. So the first thing you need to do is listen to Backwards Theology. I'm kidding, of course. Uh, Chad, Josh, take it away. What are some things that you teach your folks, teach your children? Yeah do yourself that would make it easier for people to be able to understand the word of god well um my favorite i always give some when somebody asks me this question i give them my top three or three steps to studying the bible oh okay man this is um, good it's very it's it's are very, they alliterated no well and do you have a the, roses are red well, poem these are these are three steps to study the bible number okay. one is slow down number two is slow down and number three... Can I guess number three? You can. Go ahead. Is it slow down? It's slow down. Wow. Oh, wow. Um, I believe one of the hardest um, hurdles, obstacles to overcome when it comes to Scripture, we think we have to get our chapter a day or our Bible through in a year, so I'm going to read my four chapters and then walk away going, I have a clue. We need to slow... This isn't a Louis L'Amour book. Okay, we need to slow down. What? Don't look at me like that. <laughs> it just a, a novel came to mind. But we need to slow down and just just take our time, but at the same time, our verse. Okay, I'm going to read our verse. Study, 2 Timothy 2:15. Study to show thyself approved unto God. And then the part that no one likes to hear. A workman that needeth not to be ashamed. It takes work. It takes, okay, well, study. What's study? Well, if you're going to study for an exam, if you're going to study for knowledge, you can't just read it. you gotta, you got to devote. You have to uh, be a student of where the word study and student are connected. You have to make it part of you. Study to show thyself approved unto God. A workman, it's going to take work. It's going to take diligence. It's going to take labor. Um, how do, Brother Chad, you coach basketball. How do you better yourself at playing basketball? I mean, you have to study. You, you have to study um, not just what you're doing. Um, you have to study what others have done okay. to, to make them successful. And uh, you have to recognize where your weaknesses are if you can figure out what your weaknesses are. You know, there's some people that uh, reading is not something that if you can if you can read well, you shouldn't take that for granted. Not everybody can read well. Agreed. And yeah. so there are some people that listening uh, is better for them than reading. There are some people that um, need to have a notebook and a pen, and they need to write things down. And I think slow down is great counsel. Mm -hmm. uh, but you, you mentioned study being labor. Ecclesiastes 12.12, 12, right? It says, much study is a weariness of the flesh. 
I've heard some people mock, you know, study, and uh, they shouldn't, right? Um, because actually Ecclesiastes 12 also uh, talks about the preacher who sought out to find acceptable words. You know, here's a good tip, and this is this was not what I have in my my thoughts initially, but well, you, you have... should well you should study something as if you have to teach it. Yes. Right. Read your Bible as if you have to explain it to somebody else. That's a good place, a, a good idea. So, all right, can I jump into what I was thinking? Or are you still going? Well, no, my mind went to the the verse, but I can't think of where it's at right now. Where uh, Paul told Timothy um, that you may be able to teach others also. Yes, yeah, Second, Second Timothy, Timothy two two. two. Uh, okay, thank you. <laughs> I'm glad to have my concordance with me here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yes. The, the, Study the Bible in a way in which that you should be able or could teach somebody else. So, yeah. So I think what you, we're starting with is just an attitude—the attitude with, with which you reach um, and I, or what you approach the Bible with, which you approach the Bible. Mm-hmm. I appreciate that you said it's not like a novel, not like a, a Louis L'Amour book or whatever your novel preference is. That you just read just, it. I saw one on the table. No, it's before I left the house. So yeah, in my head. All right. It's actually no. It's a good observation because I I had to think about it for a minute. But you know, those are the kinds of books that you read at night on your way to going to sleep. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And that is not the approach. That is not the way in which you're going to have a conversation. Does or, the Bible with God. ever actually say read it? Are you I'm, asking? I'm actually just asking. Right. It's a good. It says it tells study us it. to meditate. Tells us to meditate. In Joshua one yeah. eight. Tells us to observe it. Um, but does it ever say to just read it? I'm actually literally well, this just is, asking this question. Yeah, this is First Timothy four thirteen. Um, Paul says, "Till I come." This is to Timothy. Instruction to Timothy as a pastor, and he's definitely speaking in within the context of a pastor. Till I come, give attendance to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine. Yeah. I will okay. say there are some that understand that to be speaking of the public reading of the Bible, of the Scriptures, because, give, you know... Well, someone says, give attendance to reading. He could be speaking of of public reading of the Scriptures. Okay. Because within the same verse, he says, to exhortation and to doctrine, and those are clearly th- ministry things he does as a pastor, you know, exhorting Can I people. go a little farther on that one? Go, yes. Um, it's not really me. It was our friend, uh, Brother Jim... He brought up with that statement. You're in First Timothy, right? I think so. First Timothy four. Yeah. 13. Till I come, give attendance. He 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 focused on those two words. At one, I heard him say at one time. He said, "You know, when you were in school, when you had to take attendance, mm-hmm. what did you say? When your name is called, you stood up or you raised your hand or you would just say present or here. Mm-hmm. Give attendance to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine. Be present. Sure. How many times are we reading scripture? Or we're studying. Let's let's be honest. We've all read something, and you're a page and a half into it, and you have no idea what you read because you weren't present. Sure. You know what I mean? Right. You were physically there, but you weren't present. You you were distracted. That's right. You didn't give attendance. Mm -hmm. So I thought that was interesting. I just wanted to mention that because I think that's going to help the the listener and help the, the student of Scripture give attendance to it. Okay. When you open Scripture, you're present. You're there. Distractions are are such a problem. I'm okay with a Bible app, but a Bible app distracts me. If I'm just going to study Scripture with my Bible app, I have a lot more other apps on that same device. Mm-hmm. And when you know it, as I open up my Bible app, 
I'm going to get a text come in, and mm-hmm. it's going to show up at the top of the screen. Mm-hmm. And you get my point. Yeah. And I get well. You can turn it on. Do not disturb. I'm fine with all that, but I just just go grab a Bible then, mm-hmm. and and pick up Scripture. So sorry, I, I derailed what you were going. to. No, this but. is good. So in so just summarizing so far in this yeah. discussion, we've you've talked about our approach, right? Our approach, mm-hmm. how we approach study. Um, Slow it down. Yep. Uh, study, do the work, you know, pre- be prepared to work, but also just the mindset yeah. of being present, being focused, removing distractions. Um, there are some people that can listen to the Bible on the way to work, yeah. and that works for them, but then there's others that are going to be more easily distracted. So if you can say it, you know, and be okay with it, you do you, in a sense, mm-hmm. whatever helps you to focus and read and I'm not comprehend. distracted when I'm listening you know, on the car. Well, yeah, you ran three red lights, but that's right. okay. Yeah. <laughs> right, <You know? laughs> right. So I, I, I can't focus like that in the car. I, that's how I work. But again, you do you. Right. So. Right. Okay, so um, what if you want to transition to you know, principles of study okay. that, are, that we would draw from the Scriptures? Right, so this isn't like our personal tip. Okay, here's that's good. A tip. Yeah. This is not a tip. This is when you're trying to understand something in your Bible. Here's some basic rules to go by. Okay, so you already talked about. We've talked about right division, and right division is something that we will just continue to visit again and again. Because, just like the right Bible. Yep, yeah, because it's a foundation foundational for us. Of course. Right. Um, so I was thinking about. Uh, about what Paul says to the Corinthians. Um, and this is in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. He says in verse 12, um, Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. Okay, so, so truth is received. From God. Uh, Verse 13, which things also we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth. So we don't take uh, the teachings of the Bible and conform them to man's ideas about things, right? We just take God at his word, let, let God be true and every man a liar. Not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth, Comparing spiritual things with spiritual, and t- to me, this is like this is really critical. Um, we should understand, and you should understand, that you can't, by the will of the flesh, just understand the Bible. You can't come to the Bible and say, you know, I'm I'm going to understand all of this using um, a, a carnal mind. And what I mean by that is not just a car- not just carnal in the sense that there's just an abundant sinfulness, but with a carnal approach. I'm going to systematize the Word of God. I'm going to organize the Word of God in my, with my own systematic thinking, okay? Because the Bible says that the Holy Ghost teacheth. Jesus promised the disciples, right, that the Comforter would come, mm-hmm. and he would, he would do what? He would guide us into all, into all truth. truth. Okay, so that that means, all right. So so the so Holy Spirit guides us, He teaches us. 
Yes. All right. Notice also, this is uh, verse 14. The natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God. There's that carnality idea. For their foolishness unto him, neither can he know them because they're spiritually discerned. So, if as God uses his word to teach you, you have, you have to receive the things that are being taught. I think that includes, there's a time-sensitive element there. That if God's trying to teach you something at a particular time, God is not an object or an idea. He is a person, Jesus Christ, a person, the Holy Spirit, a person. And in our interpersonal relationships, right, I don't, I don't treat you like a, a source of information in a disconnected way. You're my friend, Josh Lovelace, yeah, yeah. right? We have a relationship as friends. We have a relationship as friends. And so... If there's something that's important to you that you're trying to convey to me, you have to know that I'm paying attention. If I'm distracted, you're just going to stop talking to me, right? Would you agree with that? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I am steadfastly working to correct my thinking in that when I read my Bible, I'm not just trying to get something from God. I'm trying to have a, a mindset where I'm ready to receive what he's what he's giving. trying to give me. That's right. Because you can come to your Bible looking for something. Yeah. Well, doesn't the Bible say in Acts they receive the word with all readiness of mind? Yes. Right. Was that Acts seventeen? I think. Right. Right. So there's there's got to be a particular preparation of the heart to receive the things that are freely given to us of God. Now, practically, we're given a key instruction, and that's in verse 13, comparing spiritual things with spiritual, right? Jesus says, describes his words as spirit, their spirit, their life. And so we would, I would understand him to speaking of the scriptures themselves, spiritual things, the word of God. So we would compare scripture with scripture, but even before you get to the point of comparing scripture with scripture, there is your heart's desire to know what God is trying to teach you. Hmm. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think that's, that's something that I think is a struggle for the Christian because Christianity, our faith can become a tool for us to navigate life, a framework for us to live, as opposed to that personal relationship with the Lord. Um, so. This may be oversimplistic okay but would you say it this way as opposed to going into scripture looking at what you can get go to scripture waiting not waiting but if i can say it this way waiting to see what you're going to receive yes does that make sense right i mean you open the okay Mm -hmm. faith cometh by hearing and hearing, and by, hearing the by the word of God. Without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek what? Him. Him. So if we're diligently seeking him by faith, and and the word of God is not a self-help manual, exactly. or a, provides me a list of principles whereby I can live a good moral life, that is not why we should open our Bibles in the morning. Um, we should open our Bibles in the morning to meet with God, right? To meet with the Lord. And 
So I don't know the heart of the listener when they ask the question about tips to study. I would assume the best of them that they're wanting to know the Lord better. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I would hope so. Yeah. But we want to emphasize that you know that's it's about knowing the Lord. Well, <clears throat> what else did God say? The Bible says in Psalm one thirty eight that God has magnified His word, His word above His name. Mm-hmm. So, do I magnify? His word. Do I, you know, I, when I think of that, I don't know if either, I, I think y'all have been to Washington, D.C., to the Hall of Archives where uh, Nicolas Cage stole the Declaration of Independence. Yeah, did they ever and, get that back? <laughs> no, I'm no, but it's funny. You go into that and you approach and you step up to these documents. And, you know, I understand millions of little school kids, you know, go up to it. They don't understand the meaning of it. But I just remember as I, as I step up to these documents and I think to myself the, no, please understand, the awe and the reverence that I have for um, what these men did. And our founding fathers are under so much criticism now, a bunch of slave-owning white hated you know i'm just so tired of all of that i i just when i think of when they signed away their lives and their fortunes which men would never do today Mm -hmm. as they did that and you and as you walk up and you just stand and you look at this document and the respect that you have for it and the reverence and the understanding of what that document means and what it's brought about well that pales in comparison to the scriptures Mm -hmm. You know, we come to the scriptures with our eyes barely open, you know, mouth full of, you know, Captain Crunch cereal, thinking, you know, so it's how we approach, and we we're talking mm-hmm. about a mindset, it's how we approach the Word of God, mm. that this this is God's Word, and uh, I don't think we come to it with enough, you know, as the heart panteth after the water brooks. Mm-hmm. Would you use the word reverence? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So... If I said the fear of the Lord, you know, we go to, oh, that's a reverential fear and, and, and so forth. And I'm, you know, great. Psalm 19 calls the Bible the fear of the Lord. So um, I, I would piggyback with that with more than, like you said, might not be mouthful of Captain Crunch, could be Lucky Charms. <laughs> right, right. Um, but you're right. And we think we're doing God a great service because we read our Daily Bread devotional. Mm-hmm. And in, in the bathroom, no in, less. Yeah, in the bathroom, yeah. or 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 we sat down at the table in the morning, and we got the eye boogers in our eyes, and we're trying to eat and drink our coffee, and we read our passage, and we, you're welcome, Lord. Sure. Mentality, right? Um, again, approaching Scripture for what? Yeah, we I can, think it's the way we approach. That's yeah. right. That um, yes, there's an expectation. Yes, there's, but I believe there should just be a reverence that this is. This is the word of God, yeah. and this is like nothing else yeah. that I'm going to read, right. and it's going to change my life if I'll let it. It's, it's great you mentioned the fear of the Lord, because Proverbs says the fear of the Lord is what? It's the beginning, the beginning of knowledge. Of knowledge. And, and wisdom. And wisdom, yeah. right. which is knowledge and practice. Yeah. So if there's not a fear of the Lord, um, it, it's not... I really think that the Lord, because I understand... The Bible clearly to teach the personhood 
of Jesus Christ, even at this present moment, that there are things that his Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit, uh, does not teach us because we're not ready for them. Yes. Jesus said to his disciples that he had many things to teach them. But he couldn't tell them. But they weren't ready yet. That's right. And um, we know that we can grieve the Holy Spirit, right? So um, if he is our teacher, well, it's like we've all had that person. Every This is a common human experience. Someone comes to you, asks for your help or for instruction, but you can tell by what they have to say or, or their incessant talking that they're not ready to listen, right? They're not re- so you don't offer wisdom to someone who doesn't want to listen. So if you don't come to the Bible wanting to know God's wisdom, then don't be surprised when he doesn't teach you anything. That's good. Um, yeah. Here's the next thing I think of. Um, I'll, I'll speak about my wife. When my wife tells me, you know, James, I need some meaningful time with you every day. And then I come to her and say, Okay, I got five minutes. Go. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't What's know how for that supper? goes. Right. I don't know how that goes in your in your house, but you know, uh, not only do we do we come reverently to it, but we want to we want to come with some meaningful with purpose, meaningful time yeah. as well. It's it's relationships take time. Mm-hmm. It's time spent, and. I just think we live in a 24-7, 365 world now where we just fit God in where we can. Yeah. And it's having purposed time as well yeah. with him. Now, we speak as pastors who probably have more time to study the scriptures, let's say, than, you know, I, I will speak for you, I'll speak for myself, that I have, I understand I have more time than the men that go to our church to be able to study the scriptures than they do. Uh, you know, so I want to say that right up front to the guy who's working 60 hours a week and trying to make a living for his family. And then to hear a preacher say, you're not spending enough time where his idea of the pastor is the pastor sits in his office all day and reads the Bible. Mm. So I, I'm trying to think of... Which to be fair, we haven't, I don't think we've at all talked about volume. We've talked about quality. Right. You know, and you hit on something good um, when you mentioned meaningful time, because I was thinking, you know, that's that's. I wonder if that's a shared man experience where you're you're what right, and then I'm physically, I'm physically in the home, right? right. Okay, but, not, is I'm, not but I'm not, but I'm not engaged. Okay, <laughs> but just I'm just following that rabbit for a little bit. Um, is this a shared struggle amongst men? Because our, our, our lives are so packed with things to do that the first thing that drops is meaningful time with people because we are goal-oriented, task-oriented, and it makes you wonder, why is it that in, in our churches some of the ladies seem to have a, a greater hunger and thirst for righteousness than some of the men? And I'm not speaking to anybody else's church situation um, or even my own, just generally speaking. Is it that women are more geared to relationships than men are? Right, mm-hmm. right. And well, I don't know, I've never done this study myself, but i got to be honest, of those I know, someone who's read the Bible through in a year, you're going to find that to be more men 
because that's a goal for them. Mm-hmm. They're goal oriented. I'm mm-hmm. just going to get my reading done because this is what I schedule. You know what I mean? Right. I'm not trying to build the relationship. I'm right. just going to get my goal. Get get my my uh, my prize at the end. I did. Sure. It. Sure. Here here's and hear everything I'm about to say. Do you think that people spend little time with the Word of God because historically they haven't really gotten much, if anything, out of it? What I mean by this. Years ago, I was doing my Bible. Now, I believe in Bible reading and Bible study, and they're two separate things. Agreed. I'm all for reading the the chapters. I'm all for that, mm-hmm. but it shouldn't be just limited to that. Mm-hmm. So I try to have Bible reading and then have Bible study where I'm actually studying. And I remember years ago when I first became pastor, I came to the book of Job, and I was about ready to start in my scheduled reading for Job. And at that, to that point, I'd gotten very little out of Job, just very little. It just seemed like three guys talking, well, four guys, talking back and forth, and this person talks and that person talks. And before I even started, I spent some time in prayer, and I said, Lord, I will admit to you, in my flesh, I've received very little out of this book. Would you please, before I even start reading... Would you please give me some just wonderful truths out of this book? Mm -hmm. And Job became a good friend. Mm -hmm. It's because I believe I changed my mindset Mm -hmm. coming to it, Mm -hmm. historically receiving not really that much out of it. But then I just prayed and I said, Lord, I am coming to you wanting to receive something out of this book. Would you please show me things I had not seen before? And then I made a new best friend in the book of Job. And I mean, that's Hebrews 11, right? Yeah. I mean, for without faith, it's impossible to please God. So the opposite is with faith, it's possible to please God. And, uh, you know, that's a great tip is to by faith, ask the Lord to show you um, in his word, what you're reading. I just think people get, and it's our own, f- it's our own fault. We're not getting anything from it. Don't, don't get me sure. wrong. I'm not sure. saying you come to the Bible and get nothing from it. It's that, these things that we're talking about, we come to the Word of God, and because of our practices, we're not getting what so in, would entice us to keep coming back. Yeah. So practically speaking, okay, going back to practically, prayers needed mm. for Bible study. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, the, I can't we, tell you where that's before or after, that. but the, yeah. the three of us know that. Yeah. But I think it's it's important to approach the Scriptures knowing, all right, I'm not just going to read this and study this. I need him. Yeah. So prayer's part of it. Yeah. So and I, well, so we've got we've got a message going here. We need to approach the Bible prayerfully. We need to approach it purposefully. <laughs> yes. I, I'm not trying to get. No, uh, just like, <laughs> I've got Sunday's message going on here. And now all I need now all I need to me. I got a message now. I just need a text. And principally, <laughs> principally, yeah, 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 yeah. I got a message. Yeah, I just need a text. We'll find something. Yeah, there's some four anchors. That's there you go. Four anchors. No, but I think four the way, Bible study. The way <laughs> we approach the scriptures is so vital, and Agreed. I do believe we approach yes. it. And when I would approach it prayerfully, there's another time in my ministry I was so discouraged. I was ready. I know this has never happened to y'all. I was I was ready to hang it up. I just felt like I wasn't being effective. The next Sunday, I was preaching on the power of God. I knew I wanted. But I was just not seeing the power of God in my life. And I just I just 
said, Lord, would you take me to a place? I'm like Job. I need to see your power. And I, so I decided to drive to Pemaquid. I looked at when the tide was coming in and people purposefully, this is a place in Maine for you out of state listeners where people go to watch the tide come in and it comes in very powerfully. And I drove to Pemaquid that morning with my Bible. All I had was drinking water in my Bible. I'm not talking about any mysticism or anything like that. <clears throat> I just I just wanted to focus upon God's power yeah. that day. Before I got out of my car, I just said, Lord, I have nothing. I have nothing to give these people. Would you please just demonstrate your power to me? And I went down with my Bible down and just watching just the strength of that water coming in. And God just really spoke to my heart that day. And I just had great time in his word because I believe I was prayerful. I was purposeful. I just really wanted in my heart for him to show me something. And he did. And he did. Yeah. And again, I'm not talking about any spirit. I didn't cry at my dad's grave or anything like that. I just just asked the Lord to show me something in his word. And he yeah. did. Yeah. Yeah. It's like... Uh... You ever been to an event where maybe you took your kids with you and and you get in the car afterwards and you ask, Did everybody have a good time, right? <laughs> and everybody but one yeah. person has a good time. Yeah. Well, why is it that everybody else had a good time except for you? And, and sometimes you find out that it was because of self-centeredness and not, not being able to uh, enjoy the blessings that were in front of them. So heart set, mindset. Did you, you were alliterating these, right? Approach. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. there's prayerfully. Yeah. Do ABCs to approach. Purposefully. Yeah. Principally. I think what's important is that we're not trying to lay out, here's a seven-step program no, I that's going to make one. you, right. I don't think there is one. Right. So. Right. And everybody wants the seven-step program. They want the help me now. You know what I mean? Because Fix, we're process-oriented. That's right. Fix yeah. this now. Right. Give me the give me the seven steps to have the perfect relationship with Christ. Well, yeah. that doesn't exist. Yeah, yeah. This shouldn't be a checklist. That's right. right. You know, <clears throat> we have our day. We, well, we have if, such if, busy. If lives. we approached our relationship with our wives at, with a checklist, right? You know, I come in. All right, honey. All right, here we go. We got ten minutes. Go. Yeah. This is. Uh, yeah. Sorry. Right. Just, no, I hear you. It. This is about a relationship. Yes. You know, I'm not looking to have a... You mentioned Louis L'Amour. I'm not looking to have a relationship with Louis L'Amour. This is just something I casually read to pass mm-hmm. the time when my mind needs to rest. Well, I don't, I, don't, I don't want to approach the scriptures that I'm going to read this because my mind needs to rest. Mm-hmm. This should activate and stimulate. Yeah. This doesn't just speak to my mind. It speaks to my soul. That's right. Right. You know. So along those lines... Though, if there are some are some things that people can do to help help them study, you know, I was thinking from from First Corinthians two, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. I know that when I see in my Bible as it is written, then I I know that another portion of Scripture is being quoted. That's right. So I will write in my margins. I'll figure out what's being quoted, what Scripture references. And I'll write that in my margin. Sometimes you have a Bible that has that. And I think, and again, to the listener, that also comes in time. Yeah. What, what I mean by that is, how do, I, how do I better myself? You know, I mentioned basketball a few moments ago. How does somebody get better at it? And there's, there's practical steps. Sometimes it's just going out and doing it. 
Yeah. The more you do it, the better you are. Was right? that the answer you were looking for? Because you actually it was, th- you but, threw but, me off. I'm but like, but you never basketball. answered it, so I just figured I was going to leave you alone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But just go out. So, so if I'm going to get better at scripture, you know what I mean? Well, we got to keep using it. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, it's yeah. not overnight. It's I'm going to read it and study this one. But over time, I believe cross references come to mind in time as well. Mm-hmm. You'll read something and go, Man, that sounds like something I was studying last week. Mm-hmm. You, you know what I mean? Yeah. The next thing you know, you're actually building your own cross-reference. Sure. Sometimes the Bible has it in it. I, I personally have a, a Schofield in front of me that has some cross-references, but doesn't have them all. Right. Um, but in time, that starts to take place because you have been daily exercising. Because, again, exercise is also supposed to be work. Mm-hmm. And what good is lifting a two-pound weight? If you're trying to lift weights, well, it's easy. Yeah, but you're not exercising. It's right. supposed to be work. Right. And at the end, you have bettered yourself. The same is true with Scripture. As I, The more I use it, the, the further I get into it, again, a cross-reference now becomes, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you can put the two together. So The work that I do today is going to help make tomorrow easier. Easier. Mm-hmm. You know, as I, as I prepare sermons to preach, I, I like to preach through books. Well... The preparation that I do for this week, I'm half prepared for next week. and But it also takes time. You know, I've been pastoring for 20 years. I was criticized for this, but a few years ago, I gathered up the first 10 years. All my messages were on cassette tapes. And if you have any young listeners, if you go to a museum, you'll find something called cassette tapes. Mm. And I threw them all away. I was just so... I was so embarrassed. He says he was criticized. I was one of them because I wanted to listen. To <laughs> I was em- <laughs> I was embarrassed about where I was, and but it's a growth process. Of it course. takes time, yes. and there's discouragement, and there's times where you don't feel like you're doing well, and you just need to keep keep going. And again, the way we approach the scriptures is so important. What what tools or aids? Would be helpful. Obviously, we've already established the right Bible. We've already uh, we've already established that that we have to have the right Bible. Can I say one of my favorite tools is the Bible app? Even though I've criticized a few moments ago, yeah. But I use it not for my study, right? Like, but I will. Here's a word, and I right. go, huh? And I just do a quick word search. I'm thankful for the Strong's Concordance. Now, I'm not talking about the Hebrew Greek side of Strong's, but but I mean, okay, let's be honest. Before the internet age, before the information age, if you, you had, looked up a word, you had to go grab that book, right? And you yeah. had to go find every usage in scripture. Now I can just type the word in on my app, right? Right. And that's my probably my number one tool. So which app do you use? There's there's all kinds of free ones. I, I mine's uh, the free Takarta app. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to remember, I think mine the only is... thing I don't like about that app is if I'm looking for a specific phrase. So I have in found... those words, fear yep. of the Lord. So you now know that we got our phones out. I use yeah, um, yeah. if I'm searching for uh, a phrase or a word, I'll use eSword. Um, I can search for it, all the words, any words, or a yep. phrase. Or a phrase. Mm-hmm. Um, that's Jakarta doesn't do the phrase very well. Sure. Yep. But I just use Pocket Sword, which is the same way. Yep. And I use this only. I don't read any of the commentary. I I use yep. it strictly. Just to look up words. Yes. And that's mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. understand if you're a new listener that is new to a Bible, however you type it in, that's what. So if you bring up 
fear of, if you type in the phrase fear of the Lord, it's going to bring up every verse that has those words, not that not phrase. It could have fear. You right. Know, so you're going to make sure. Which right. that's what you're Descartes familiar does. with. Yeah. The, yeah. You have to be familiar with the tool. So that's a good, that's a good tool, which I use uh, as well. Um, how about, you know, as far as looking up definition of English words, we, we have an English book. Mm-hmm. I don't know the definition of every word. I try. What do you use? I still use the for my first thing. I still go to the scripture. I want to know what the scripture, right. how it's going to define it for me. I first try to find a biblical description. Agreed. I don't, for instance, Hebrews 11.1 1 keeps us from having to look up the definition of faith. It already gives it to us. That's just a quick example. Yes. Uh, in a previous podcast, we defined the term uh, at hand with Jeremiah twenty three twenty three. Yes. yes. So that's what we're talking about. First, try to get a biblical definition. Agreed. What if there's no biblical definition for an English word? What do you? Everybody's go to. I, I again, I still use eighteen twenty eight. I do too. Um, Understanding I, that it's a commentary. Again, I, I will say as well. I'm thankful. Some got somebody out there. I have I've compared a couple of them and they're same, but they finally have an app, and it's free. Because let's be honest, the eighteen twenty eight is just as thick as strong, it's big. if it's not a boat thicker. Anger. It's big. And the eighteen twenty eight app, I, I I do use it. Um, I used it the other day looking up the word forbearance. Not that I can't find it in scripture, but I wanted to just build a little bit more. Um, but that's that would be my my second. I don't think 1828 is needed, but that's just what I use, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I think a Bible student can get away without using that specific. But I like how he uses a lot of Scripture for his definitions. That's just where I'm at. Mm. Here's a third study tool, which, um, and that is as far as I get asked a lot from folks about what are reliable commentaries. Now, you know me, and the folks in our church know me, I don't read commentary. Um, I'm not saying it's wrong, um, but I try to stay with the scriptures, and I know that that, (laughs) with some, seems like an arrogant stand, (laughs) where I don't believe it is. I believe that God gave us his word. Yes. He gave us his Holy Spirit to guide us in all truth. We have a hunger and thirst that God can bring us to the truths of his word. And so I'm not trying to, uh, 1 Corinthians 2, Paul takes the entire chapter to warn us of man's wisdom. Because uh, I, I, here's what I found in my ministry when I first started was, okay, well, you've, oh, you can't, you can't study Hebrews without studying yeah. pink. Yeah. Uh, but if you're studying Ephesians, you need to study this guy. And then, oh, you have no business studying Revelation without studying Ironside or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And I kept thinking to myself, I'm confused. I, I don't have this pocket, you know, this pocket uh, list of this, each this, one this who I need to have. To know. Yeah. And I got so, a B minus on my Hebrew paper in college because I didn't cite the right. Right. In our Bible colleges today, they are teaching our, you know, I've got one in college where you have no business preaching unless you cite two commentaries, which I think to myself, are we... Anyway, um, I like to just stick with the scriptures. Mm -hmm. And again, there's nothing wrong with reading. Here's what I've I've told folks, you know, and, 
and it's not just commentaries. People love to read books about parent, you know, all these things. And I always tell them, if you have time to read books about the Bible, Perhaps you should take that time to read, read the Bible. The Bible. Mm. Mm. <laughs> when I spend four hours uh, reading about the Bible in these books, and then I have five to ten minutes to actually read the Bible, that seems out of balance to mm-hmm. me. But mm-hmm. anyway, what do you all think about commentary? What's your opinion of that? One of the greatest um, advices my dad ever gave me, um, we were packing up in Missouri and moving to Maine. And he gave me this box full of a commentary set that he had for many years and was giving it to me. It was called the Preacher's Homiletic Commentary, is what it was called. And he put it in a box and he took a Sharpie and wrote on the box what it was, you know, the Preacher's Homiletic Commentary. He misspelled every word. He even misspelled the word the. Now, I understand misspelling homiletic. But it's a lot of work to misspell the. Yeah, he misspelled the preacher's homiletic. He misspelled every word. And I said, Dad, what are you doing? He said, I want you to remember this is fallible, man. He said, just because it's written in this book does not mean it's truth. He goes, you have one thing that's true. This are good tools, the, or these are good tools, but it's still fallible, man. And I I, I was appreciative mm-hmm. of that. I'm thankful that he that he... Had the wisdom enough to let me know. And, of course, I've never used them. And <laughs> to the point that he was just up a few, uh, last week and he said, you're not using them. I goes, I'll take them back. Got somebody in the church and give them to him. I'm like, okay. <laughs> Brand new shelf space. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I'm just going to be honest. I just I haven't used them. But I just, I'm appreciative, though, of his approach and making sure um, I knew. Just because a commentary says it doesn't mean it's right. I would my only qualification would be the purpose of the commentary itself. All right. So if a lot of people use study Bibles, right? Yes. And study Bibles provide also have the com- maps, yeah. timelines, things that are super, super helpful. Cross references, we Cross mentioned references. A few moments ago. Yep. But when when it comes to interpretation, right? Um everything that you read and hear because Preaching is a form of commentary on what the Bible uh, says. Um, you just have to check it by the by the Word of God. And if you have a study Bible, if you have a and 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 you have comments in that study Bible, explanations of things, usually in the beginning of that study Bible, it has a list of the people who write the commentary, yeah. where they teach. And then do your homework, find out what is it that this person believes. And if you know that this person holds to a doctrine that uh, that is unscriptural, then you should mark and avoid, um, because God is not the author of confusion. So if God is not the author of confusion, then I'm not going to invite authors of confusion in, into my life. Now... Like here's here's where I I would agree. It's it's like this. I was thinking about your example. There's multiple ways to build a house, right? There is the purest way, log cabin, hand tools, all of it, and there is um, more modern ways. Say you're building a log cabin. You know you can choose to use a chainsaw, not use a chainsaw, all these different things. Um, and we're not saying that if someone makes use of commentary that they're going to 
um, be in error in practice. I'm not saying that. I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't say that. I, right? I, yeah, I but I would say just because somebody with multiple PhDs and THDs says it doesn't make it more authoritative than what God shows you on your own time in yes. his word. Sure. That's that's the thing. Because, you know, we hear we hear frequently scholars say, scientists say, leading experts say, and after a while you actually stop investigating what the worldviews of these people are, but because they hold a title, you we, just accept you it just as, accept yeah. them as credible. Uh, by virtue of their title, not by virtue of the work they've actually done, and so Bill and I, the science guy, right? When I like when I when I study to preach, I don't use commentary either. Mm. I don't, um, but I find that there's some believers who have written books that are helpful to me in taking what I've learned in the Bible and applying it in my life, practical things, pastoral things. You know, um, we do the same thing with friends. Right. If there's something I'm trying to understand, I texted you, Josh Lovelace, the other day. There's a word that I'm trying to work out my understanding mm-hmm. of it, and I listened to another preacher, his sermon he preached on it to try to understand it. Still didn't quite, still not quite there in my understanding. So I reached out to you. What am I seeking? Your comments on it, but I, <laughs> but uh, which which weren't very good. Your comment was. <laughs> I don't know, you know, <laughs> which you gotta love that. It's like a Matthew Henry commentary. That's better than cheating. That's better than making it up, you know. So, yep, you know, that's uh, yeah, good, good conversation, good conversation. <laughs> you can go pretty deep with all that. So, any other thoughts you might have, or Josh, Brother Wiley? I think that's the beginning: is coming to the Word of God in a particular way with the right heart, and then mm-hmm. God's gonna. You know, we can give you a few little study aids, and we could go further. Maybe we could have a, a session two on this. But I think approaching the word is so important. They receive the word with all readiness of mind. Yep. Are you ready to receive mm-hmm. the word of God? Mm-hmm. And I think that is so key. Can I offer one more totally unnecessary but helpful tip? Mm-hmm. Get yourself. A fountain pen. Get yourself. Get a yourself fountain a pen. fountain pen and a nice notebook. Yes. And use that fountain pen and that nice notebook to take notes on the things that the Lord's teaching you. Make it valuable. Yeah. Right? If I if something is important to me and then I'm gonna spend the money on the right tools. And um, I'm a big advocate of the man word is journaling, because we don't have diaries. But I, I write the things that I learn, the things that the Lord's teaching me, so I can look back and see His His grace, His goodness, His instruction. Um, med- it's part of meditation for me, not this, you know, Zen Buddhism, sit cross-legged, listen, smelling potpourri kind of thing. Mm. Uh, but just ruminating and thinking upon, okay, this is what this verse said. Lord, what are you teaching me here? Um, and if I'm asking. You shall find me if you seek me with your whole heart. So, yeah, get yourself a good fountain pen. Get yourself a good fountain pen. Yeah. <laughs> Shelton Smith says get yourself some cufflinks, but you can't write with cufflinks. But you can with a fountain pen. You can with a fountain pen. That's right. Yeah. 
Very good wisdom. That's why, <laughs> that's why you listen to backwoods theology. Yeah. That's why we mentioned at the beginning of this. But fountain pens don't really go with the word backwoods. <laughs> no. just, I've just got to be if honest. If you need a chainsaw recommendation. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're your guys. Yep. <laughs> well, that's it for today. Uh, we're grateful for you listening. Again, we may have some other tips as we come up. And actually, in our podcast sessions themselves, we'll mention a tip here and there for you to be able to better understand. But we're grateful that you're here. And we're looking forward to being with you the next Friday when another podcast comes out. But until then, farewell from Backwoods Theology. Mm -hmm.